So um, hello everyone. I am back with um, uh, Dimitri Bianco, uh, our um, YouTube quant uh, extraordinaire. And um, I, I wanted to have this discussion with him uh, because uh, what he said in his um, uh, post uh, kind of reflected on some of what my students have been telling me in terms of what's going on in the world of quant and where the opportunities might be lying. I mean, historically it was you know, hedge funds and credits and big companies and big bulge bracket, but it, it feels that something is going on in the market. And I, I don't know, maybe, uh, so, you know, Dimitri, tell us a little bit what happened and and what's driving it. Okay, I'll, I'll okay. try to give you a, a little perspective on this. So sure. it seems, so I took a job, everyone knows, two and a half months, I worked at this company, um, I just up and quit and left the whole thing. There was a big blow up with it. And so everyone assumes it started with just one bad experience here, but this isn't really what's driving. I think a lot of the, the resignation, a lot of the frustration on the banking side from quants. And it's not just me. Like, I feel like I'm like this damaged good here. And yet I'm going out talking to all my friends, these other banks, and they're saying the industry is broke. There's a lot of issues with it. We don't know how to fix it. Uh, a lot of students are getting feedback from alumni as well saying like, don't go into banking. There's a lot of issues with this. Yeah. And I think it starts a lot with the fact that the banks aren't quant ran anymore. And so when you're at a firm and you have responsibility and you have some improvements to make, right? Everybody wants to jump in and be a part of the team. And I think this started off my career well, where I started on a team that had no implementation team. So they just brought me in and said, Dimitri, I'm the new uh, head of uh, implementation. You're the first hire figure something out, right? You're the guy to make it happen. And so I built that out. And then of course, as they got mature and the bank kind of got stabilized a little bit, I trained another guy there. Then it was like, it's time for me to jump to something new. So I ran over to BCG. I worked for there for a little bit, three and a half month, three month contract there. Similar story, right? You get in, you make a big impact. Then you start hitting a lot of barriers. Some people kind of jump ship, went to Santander, had a great and amazing time there amazing leadership, CEO, amazing head of validation. We were just really hitting strides. Like we had problems left and right. Like that was the fun part of the whole, the whole scenario. But as soon as you start cutting out the senior managers, they leave, they go to other banks. There's this really big push, I think, for most of these firms to somehow get rid of risk management. And so now I'm taking time off from this last explosion of they hired me to come in and fix things. I was hired to take them from an FDIC level bank to an FRB, so Federal Reserve Board Bank. You know, Dimitri, please help us, please come. And I said, okay, if you're looking for someone to toe the line, just kind of hang out and get paid like everybody else is doing around the industry, I'm not your guy. Like, don't hire me, don't bring me in, I'll stay where I'm at. They said, no, 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 the CRO, the head of enterprise risk management and their head of validation, we're all like, no, 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 we need you to get in here and help us out. We don't wanna shake things up too much, but you know, kind of guide us and kind of help us. And then turns out that's not what they really wanted. They didn't really want to communicate either. I'm like going to my boss's office every single you know, week, multiple times saying, you know, there's this new plan. Here's how we can adjust things. And then it really backfired when basically I was sitting down with my boss and I was told I was arrogant. I didn't know what I was doing. I'm underqualified. Uh, you don't really have experience working in big banks. And yet I'm scratching my head, looking at the rest of senior management going, wow, the rest of you have zero experience in a big bank. You haven't done this before. And now somehow I went from the golden child is going to help you guys fix things to now I'm kind of on the bottom end of I, I know nothing and I'm unqualified to do this. And so 
part of this was I was told that um, for model development, you know, you're never going to get them on board, right? They're these horrible people. They're creating this big kind of stir with us. You know, you're not going to be able to fix them. And within a few weeks, I convinced them, hey, we need to get on one system and one plan. And again, we're, I'm excited here, right? We have hurdles. We have difficult people. We're solving problems quantitatively. We're moving to this better system. And then again, it rocked the boat too much. And so that's where it kind of came down to this meeting where, I mean, unfortunately, in an unprofessional manner, it was, Dimitri, you either sit down and shut up, don't make any changes, don't tell us anything, just pretend you know, that you're an employee on the bottom level, or you can quit. So you make the decision you have till Monday to do it. And then I quit. And then I think they were shocked. The guy and I quit kind of scooted back and was silent. It was like, I mean, I wasn't expecting you to quit. It's like, I don't need your money, right? I mean, everybody's got money, every bank, every hedge fund, you know, people will pay you to work. And I think that's kind of the, the key driver. So now I've decided, okay, I've been in the fire too long here. <laughs> I've been battling bank after bank after bank. I think it's time just to stop and think about what's like, what's really causing this issue? Why does this seem to be a problem I'm having? Why is this a problem that other quants are having? And how do we fix this? And I think that's been the, the key conundrum here. And I think a lot of it just comes to the fact that there's one, risk management is a massive joke, I think, in a, a whole term. Um, somehow regulators have convinced banks, what we're going to do is we're not going to have, you know, risk and return, which we all learned in finance 101, but magically all the business people forget after the class ends. But you have a CFO who's managing profits, right? Their goal is to maximize profits for the bank. And then we magically create a separate person called risk, who's not really in the same conversation with the profits here. And we're trying to pretend they're two different things. And so then I'm starting to go through this and I'm thinking, should I make videos revealing some of these issues? For example, you go and look at CROs across the industry. How many of them have a quantitative background? Less than uh, 75%, mm-hmm. or more than, more than 75%. Then you look at heads of validation, heads of model development, which are two quant teams. How many of them have quantitative educations? Again, hardly any. And then you start thinking, okay, it, education doesn't matter. Let's say they're really good. They're really bright. And you start looking at their backgrounds. You know, where have they been working at? And you're like, oh, you've worked in uh, loans and lending. Or you've worked in, I don't know, customer service, for example. I've seen people in customer service roles but they've climbed these hierarchies. And now it's like, I'm friends with this person. They need a job. The Federal Reserve and the FDIC are mandating we have chief risk officers. Let's just put friends of friends into these roles and let's hope everything works out well. And so the larger banks, I think, are doing a better job because they're solely dependent on these models. I mean, you can't make 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 loans and have a business person underwrite the loan. You need a model to do it. So they're utilizing these models more so but the smaller the banks, the more disconnected it is, where it's like you have a model, we're not making money with it. It's just there is like a nice, pretty facade of like, hey, regulators, look, at there's a model here. We don't understand it. We don't use it. It doesn't perform well, but I paid $2 million for, F- for FICO or someone to build it or Moody's, you know, please go away. And I think this is kind of the crux of the whole problem, which is there are, the quants are leaving. They're not coming into the industry. One of the shocking statements I heard was other banks aren't training employees. So why would we, and I'm coming into these institutions saying, let's, let's train people. Let's team people up. Let's, let's make it better and more quantitative and fun. And then at the same time, you're getting pushback from these finance and business professionals on, we don't need complicated models, or we don't need training, or we don't, we don't, basically we don't want to cater to the quants. We just want you to build something, pretend it's there and kind of go away. 
they don't understand what uh, they don't they 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 don't understand it and hasn't it has i don't know if it has changed a lot i mean when i was in banking i mean we used to protect the portfolio and it was always well why are we spending so much money i mean this is such a waste so they don't understand and that was before 2008 and then of course 2008 whoa okay so yeah but you know what it's you're hedging you're protecting for that for that downside which could take everyone well look what's happening now yeah. which could take everyone down very quickly and um and and what you said is interesting uh because recently i've had discussion with some of my students that have gotten jobs and they and they're kind of saying uh this is a great nice and cushy job but is this going to be fun to do right and i think when we define fun to do it's I had a CRO mention to me, you know, he goes, I don't understand these quants. He goes, they don't want more money and more time off. They're wanting like research opportunities. Yeah. They want to learn things. I mean, who wants to learn things? I can give you more money. And I'm looking at him like, <laughs> we need to embrace <laughs> this. These guys want to work more for you for the same money for the same time off. Yeah. And yet that doesn't seem to be the goal with it. It, it just, it, it baffles me. But at the same time, I think there's this toxic circle which I've kind of been looking at now too, which is, so you hire a bunch of people not qualified to build models to build models. So you have a bunch of junior guys, they just don't have the expertise or experience. So you put a head of you know, model development in there. I don't know, it comes from a uh, finance background or sales background or something. And then he builds really crappy models. They try to sell them to the business unit. The business looks at him and says, I can't use these. These don't work. These models are terrible. And so then the business says, all models don't work. I've already hired, you know, we've already spent two, $3 million on quants. They came in and built these terrible models. The models don't work. And then the quants are stuck and they're saying, well, no, we have models. And you have this circle where it's like, the business doesn't trust the quants. The quants are mad. The business isn't using the models and they can't give the feedback to explain why the model doesn't work. And so you're kind of stuck in this paradigm where it's like, you, you don't have the expertise for someone to come in and say, look, this is why it's not working. Let me help you guys. Let's work together as one team. And again, teaming that together. How are we splitting the profit business making from the modeling such that the two halves aren't working together? This is not new. Uh, because I remember my uh, uh, former boss actually had left uh, our outfit. And he had given this opportunity to work in, um, in a risk, in a portfolio management risk. And he was always concerned, you know, are they, and it was a, it wasn't the same type of bank. It was more of a, you know, a bit of a situation that you described. And he went there and, um, and he had the mandate and a great, great opportunity for a while. But then I checked back with him a few years later and he was gone. So they, and, and I know the guy and pretty bright guy, you know, quant in mind. And, and I realized that what he wanted to do um, I don't think uh, they didn't have the mindset to do it. And, and when you're telling me what you're telling me, it sounds so familiar. And then yeah. what you also said is true because the same students that are telling me, I'm not so sure about these jobs is because they're the one that I work on two and three projects, quant projects where they, you know, they built, you know, great things and they work on blockchain they work on a bunch of different things. And now they say, okay, now I'm going to get a job and I'm going to get paid for it. Yeah. And then realize, well, no, you're not going to be doing all these great things. You're going to be, you know, in this cubicle and you're going to be doing these things that they want you to do. And he realized, well, so, so where is the opportunity then for real quants to, 
I mean, unless you go back to hedge funds, um, but on the risk side, where where is it? On the, I heard I heard there's lots of interesting stuff going on on the West Coast. A lot of my students are getting jobs in smaller firms, and mm-hmm. I find that the better, more interesting projects tend to be with smaller firms as well, not with a large one. Because whenever I approach a, you know I approach one of the large bulge bracket with projects. We say, well, I don't know. We got some compliance issue. Who's going to take care of the data and the legal complication? I I don't know. And you know what? This is it, it's okay. We'll we'll just hire them when the. T- I- so what are we talking? We're talking geographically, West Coast, the uh, smaller companies. Uh, what do you think? So I think you have a size factor as we're kind of pointing out here, but it's a you have two prop you have a problem and a and a benefit with this, right? So. Small firms, like when I started my first job, I remember talking to the guy uh, in the finance department and he was telling me this story. He goes, when, you know, DFAST and CCAR hit, he goes, there were no PhDs. There were no masters. CCAR, yeah, that was the thing, yeah. So he goes, so I came in, he goes, I got a finance degree and I put it all in Excel and I drew some lines on the chart and we submitted it. And he goes, and then the Fed comes back and says, you know, uh, are these statistically significant? Are the residuals normal? And he goes, I don't know what this guy's talking about. He goes, I, I don't do statistics. <laughs> Statistical signal. <laughs> and so when you have, I think when these problems are new, and I think Cecil, for example, is impacting a lot of the smaller banks. So they're trying to get on board. Smaller banks give you typically more responsibility because there's less people, there's less layers. They have these newer problems. And you get really lucky if the small bank allows you to solve the problem and doesn't interfere too much. But then you have, I think, the other issue, which is big banks typically understand quants better in the sense that they understand why they need the model, right? They're generating billions and trillions of dollars in loans here. And so they need a model to automate a lot of this, to price everything out, to do it efficiently. And so the big banks understand it a little bit better, which is great. But then a small bank, for example, it's like, are you going to get the opportunity you know, to do good projects? And so I think you have a risk there where it's like, if you want something, you want to be impactful, you want an interesting project, go to the small firms. But at the same time, if you want to be understood a little bit better, treated a little bit better, often the bigger firms have more layers of protection. Like when I worked in big firms, my boss, my boss's boss, typically we had a nice shell of like, I don't know, call it like the insanity or the stupidity shell where they would fend off the nonsense we would deal with with senior management. And so you had kind of this nice little environment, but again, you typically don't get interesting projects because, you know, there's a hundred quants or something that are fighting over the same projects here. And then on the same token, the second piece I think is, I think DeFi is starting to play a role into this. And I'm fairly against DeFi for a lot of reasons, but I think the big advantage with it, and I'm hoping the DeFi community figures this out, you're a bank with no regulations at this point. So instead of doing what the big banks are doing, which is like bowing down to the Federal Reserve and just going through the motions, not really managing risk, just trying to pass regulations without getting MRAs, so matters requiring attention. Um, this is the opportunity for you guys to show and say, hey, we understand there's like fraud risk and we understand there's uh, you know terrorist financing risks. And we're going to come up with a more creative solution to solve these instead of doing the traditional method that all the banks are doing. And I think... This is where the pocket is. And I think eventually, you know, regulation is going to hit this DeFi community. But I think this is the time for them to run wild and really find better solutions, better automation, 
before they get sucked into the Federal Reserve and the FDIC where they come in and mandate you must do these methodologies and these tools to solve your problems. So I think it's a hot topic in the sense that you'll have more freedoms. You don't have the regulations. But at the same time, I think the smart DeFi firms are going to start bringing in some risk practitioners to figure out how do we cope with these when they do hit and how do we come up with you know more creative solutions to solve them. So that's an opportunity then. Right. For, for... It, Yeah, it's an opportunity. And I try to explain it to a lot because a lot of these, there's a lot of people that are like me. I'm a little weary of DeFi. Um, I start mentioning like, you know, how are you going to prevent terrorist funding? I mean, Russia is a perfect example right now. You have the Russian-Ukraine war. Are they able to use Bitcoin and Ethereum? And if they are, who's stopping that funding and who's stopping that financing? I mean, these are complicated problems. It's not as simple as like, you know, you... You pick up your phone or something and grab the GPS and say, we're going to block everybody in yeah. a specific region. And especially with countries like Russia's smart. It's not like they're like, you know, 50, 60 years behind in technology. They, under- they understand how to set up locations and they understand how to get around systems and do hacking. And so I think these are kind of the new interesting problems to think about from these firms is how do we avoid some of this conflict that's coming up? So... Um... So we're we're looking. So if you're looking for 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 direction, so you're looking at a small firms, more likely. Um, um, DeFi is not out of the question. So the I mean I do have a couple of DeFi project, and some of the one soon actually got a job in a firm, uh, a blockchain firm, with that in mind. So that 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 would make sense. Um, but so then. There's nothing going on in the big firms anymore, like uh, the, the the JP Morgan and the Goldman Sachs uh, for Quant? There is. And I think if you're going to do it, probably the more interesting route is to look for data science roles. So some banks are combining them with Quants, but now a lot of them, I think like JP Morgan, for example, is splitting them out. So if you want like that exciting NLP project, or you mm-hmm. want to explore, you know, decision trees and neural networks within credit scoring or market risk, Oddly enough, they've started to split these. So I think the route to go is go to these banks, search for data science roles and apply for those. There are a lot more interesting, I think, than doing the traditional like, you know, day-to-day credit risk, market risk. These banks think they've got it figured out until, of course, the crisis hits and then the quantum. So that means you have to be even more due diligent in terms of your networking, right? Because you got to get to that person or that group, and then you need to understand what that group does, especially when you start, you know, data analytics, and you have to really know, so you have to take, you can't just say, I'm going to work, and then boom, I'm going to graduate, bam, I'm going to Goldman, yeah, I'm going to be a quant at Goldman, but doing what exactly, or being a quant, I know that the firm that that I was at, I heard recently that they're doing away with the whole risk, um, risk analytics, Right. Uh, and I remember we used to we used to have these guys, we used to have the Fed uh, coming in uh, every week. Right. Not they really understood what was going on, but they were there. And, and, and you're right. You need to you have this show and tell. So if you're not, if you're in that group that does a show and tell, then sure, you're coming in with all these bright ideas. And say, well, calm down. You know, I don't think we. <laughs> we, we, we got discovered. We don't need, you know, you're in fact, you're making too much noise now because we, we don't want. So you need to either go into a big firm, but really tailor and really know 
who it is that you and and unfortunately for a big firm it's a lot more difficult to develop the network because mm. especially you coming out on the you know out of school unless you really took your time to hit the right areas you're probably going to be in a lower and you really don't know what's going on in terms of the strategy so yeah you're getting paid well like they told you what, what, what's your big deal you're getting paid yeah <laughs> Yeah, show up and collect the paycheck. I mean, sure, sure. What, what, what are you doing? What, what are you like? Uh, so, uh, and but have students are telling me, I'm not so sure if I really want this. I mean, it's I mean, it, so, so it's either you really have to take your time to network at the right level in a big bank, and that's a job in itself, or you go the smaller firm because you talk to the principals and they're doing some, I tell you, they're doing some, some of the smaller firms are doing some really interesting work from what I've seen. Uh, but it's a smaller firm, so and then and then it's probably easier to 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 understand what's what's really going on. Besides, you have to do some some networking, um, and then but you bring out the fact that that DeFi has a lot to do with it. So there's there's that angle as well. So right. there's the okay, and even the big banks now they're doing DeFi. It's it's not being publicized as much. I mean, even like like if you Google Santander. Uh, Ethereum contract or smart contract, you'll see in Europe, they've already done a few of them, mm -hmm. actual markets. So they have teams doing this, but then you end up kind of back on what we're talking about. You need to know the structure of the bank to figure out which department is doing the interesting work and then apply to that department because now they're just going to blanket you anyway, that you're all, you're all quants. You all work in model development. You all work in yeah. validation, yeah. but it's really, these guys are doing something new and exciting here. Like they don't even know where they're going. I mean, ML and machine learning and all, it's probably the best idea here. The Fed is doing the typical approach, which I don't like, which is we're not going to provide guidance. We'll let you guys figure some things out. We'll see which bank does it the best. And then we'll say, you know, that's going to be the new standard here. Well, that's what they did when they came up with the, um, the Volcker rule. They say, you know, you're not allowed to profit from short-term trades. And I remember seeing went to, to legal. I said, well, "What does that mean?" He says, "Well, I'm not so sure what they mean by short term." Mm -hmm. So basically, they let you out. Yep. Let's you you guys find out and let's see what you come up with. Is it is it six months? Is it three months? Is it a year? What is short term? And and they're still doing they, they, they're still doing that. So to back to the students though, as they're about to graduate, so they really need to spend more time now i think on the uh on the networking and really understanding what the market is as well the market <laughs> stuff to say yeah yeah and i think you're you're hitting on a good point too even from the investing side you think about uh, i'm talking to people and they say you know i'm going to go on the investing side i'm going to go on the hedge funds mm -hmm. but now i'm starting to realize too you have to network a lot and really get into the nitty-gritty details because everybody's blanketing these these quant terms here, right? It's really exciting to be a quant at a firm. And yet you have to do your research because some firms think quant means, you know, using, I don't know, an OLS regression or simple model. It's got yeah. you know, one or two factors. And then you've got other firms that are doing like, you know, actual research and they're doing machine learning research or they're building full out, you know, statistical models with a lot of oversight and a lot of testing. And even on that stand, it's hard because you can work at one firm that's a small firm and you're not really a quant and you're bored because you're basically using Excel and other tools. And then on the flip side, you could be working at a really complicated for a small firm again, but a really complex, interesting, well-developed firm. 
And again, I think it comes down to that networking of trying to figure out like, what is this firm really doing on the inside? And what is the management really like, right? Are they giving you the resources to do this in the time? Or are they just hand-waving and trying to kind of stamp on there? We've got a few quants because it looks fun and flashy. Like, so even on the investing side, uh, the DeFi on this, I think there's some firms out there that are doing amazing things. They're doing a lot of research, really, you know, changing how things are done. But then you also have a lot of guys that are just creating fun gambling tokens and thinking it's, you know, adding some value. So I, yeah. So at the end of the day, it's always back to the, to, 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 to the most important thing in terms, do you have management buy-in? Right. Um, and that's really hard to judge. And, but that's a problem, right? The only way you know, the, the only time we did some interesting stuff is when we had management buying. Everybody from management to senior management yeah okay you go out and 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 you know take some positions or or start hedging or invest and hedge and combine and do a bunch of balancing uh but as long as you have the buy-in but the only thing is you coming in you 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 don't know really what's going on you know i mean yeah you're getting paid but you don't know if you have the buy-in or not and if you don't have the buy-in and something so it's not like you're doing lending right it's not like you're doing credit analysis it's, mm-hmm. it's a quant is, I mean, it's, it's a bunch of different things to different people. I mean, uh, somebody actually asked me, he said, well, what's the difference between, between what you're doing, right, in financial engineering and fintech, right? <laughs> I, I said, well, uh, <laughs> the math, I think, right, yeah. where, where, you know, you could be working with a company that lends to tech, tech companies and, and, and financing those tech companies. Um, but here, the math is a difference. And um, as opposed to an MBA or as opposed to something else. So we have, and this is what's good, which is now realize it's not so good anymore because we have a finance, math, engineering. So you get a bunch of different jobs which is great. I mean, I got students working all over the place. The only thing is obviously now they start to wonder, well, you know, do I need to go for a big firm or a small firm? Because now with a big firm, it's getting a lot more complicated. Yeah. And um, I think one, one way kind of to address this from a student perspective, yeah. is go online, you know, this is the firm you're applying to search, whoever is the head of the department. So if you're in risk, who's the CRO, uh, even looking at like the CEO, what is their background? That's a great idea. Because when yes. I, when I, I go out there and I find people and I know people in the industry and they've got, you know, PhD, uh, physics undergrad, you know, engineering, PhDs yeah. and things. And I talk to them and they've, they're adding what we're talking about. They're adding the support. They're on for the initiatives. They're yeah. doing groundbreaking things. And I think, unfortunately, the battle we're really having in finance now is finance and business doesn't want to give up their role as head of banks anymore. They know they don't have the skills to do it, but they're going to, you know, hang on to every last thread. And the quants are just saying, I just want to do something interesting. I just want to solve problems. And the business side sees it, I think, but they're like, how do we allow them to solve the problems without giving them the credit? Because eventually people will realize we don't need, you know, a CFO with an accounting background or a finance background. We probably should get rid of a CRO position and make the CFO a quant to kind of lead these initiatives. Okay. So basically what you're saying is three things. One, make sure if you go for a large company and you want to be a quant, network heavily to make sure you know exactly where you're going to interland. Two, mm-hmm. very true. Find out who is in, I mean, that's not hard to find. Find out who's in charge and look at their background. 
are they quants? Do they have a, a you know a, a math degree or is it you know an MBA or, or or they work in operations and they just move their way up? I mean, doesn't mean that they're not a quant, but it, it gives you an indication. And three, do look at the possibility of looking at a at a smaller company somewhere else out of the beaten path, things that you don't always hear because mm-hmm. these these companies they don't they don't have FaceTime with universities right you, you know you've got the, the you know the 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 the, build, the bulge bracket you got the big accounting firm they they're always on campus saying hey you know super day super day super day but the smaller one where maybe the more interesting work is being done um, you never hear from them you don't even know they exist you know you talk about NLP you're talking about all these things yeah I mean, you know, I know that we had to look far and wide to find companies interesting in this type of stuff. And 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 I'll tell you, once once we find them, yes, it's very interesting for the student. Of course, now I want them to go out and keep doing the same thing, not end up in these big, humongous companies with the with a manager that has no direction or at least no um where you don't know the you, and then they get disappointed very quickly. And I've seen it happen very often. Um where they get into investment banking, which whatever that means anymore, yeah. and they get bored very quickly. And I often say, I often ask them, I said, hey, so how much of your skill set did you use in your current job? And often it's, well, not, I need a job, so not really. And that's a shame because now you, you could have done something else and you didn't really have to suffer two years of math and statistics. Yeah. And Yeah, and oddly enough, this is a hiring perspective. When we were, I was at a small firm hiring I'd go to universities and say, hey, I'm looking for someone with these backgrounds. Most of the time, no one would respond. And I was like shocked. Like I remember in school, like as a student, I'm desperate for a job. Yeah. It always seemed like the universities were trying to bring in these companies. And then as I'm emailing out, you know, all these big universities around, like I need someone with this background. I need a quant skill. I'm explaining the whole thing. People just ghosted. It was like, I never existed. No, well, they don't work that way. They work the other way around. You come in and tell us what you have and we'll just send the people and they'll decide. But now yeah. you want me to know what every single student is able to do. And I tell you from a personal uh, experience, it's a difficult, I mean, we don't, we don't have a hundred students, but if yeah. I had a hundred students, I wouldn't be able to say, Hey, Dimitri, what are you looking for? Somebody good in Python and doing this and that and talk to this girl or talk to that guy. But I, but, but it, I could do everyone know all the students to that level of detail. Unfortunately, that's very, uh, that's very difficult, but that's the way it should be, really. Yeah, and I was hoping even just like a blanket email, just like send it out to the students and say, hey, you know, this guy's name is Dimitri Bianco. He's hiring for this role. If you're interested, please let him know. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> well, so these are large organizations. Well, hopefully, well, you get to do speeches. You get to enjoy yourself a little bit, I think. That's good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm enjoying the time off. I'm still building the massive garage project that got postponed last year. Uh, focusing on YouTube, doing presentations at a variety of universities. So it's been a good use of time. You know what you should do? You should create your own um, ranking system. <laughs> I've got one. I know. I see it. I see it. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, but that, but that, develop that, it. Yeah. Yeah. That in itself is super hard. I had a discussion with Peter Carr on this and it was just, it's so hard to figure out how do you differentiate programs? Because, right, everyone has kind of a similar goal. We want to generate quants. 
but then you have to start thinking like we're talking about here. So what's really the skill set you need to be a quant? And are you wanting to go into FinTech or DeFi or data science? And are you offering all those courses? And how do you differentiate programs in general? Like, for example, it'd be great to be able to verify the information, like where are the students being placed? But I get the privacy thing as a student. I don't want my name being sent out to all these uh, ranking things. And, you know, Dimitri Bianco is unemployed or he went to <laughs> this firm yeah. or that firm. And, but yeah. But I like your approach that you have on your current ranking, which is you actually went and kicked the tires oh, yeah. and looked at the program as opposed to saying, okay, how much are you getting paid? Uh, what is a GPA? You know, uh, very, but, you know, uh, but then again, you could rank 200 companies that way, right? Yeah. Because you just get the data and you just, but does this represent, is this really a quant? I mean, you could be making, uh, you know, um, the kind of money that you're supposed to be making as a financial engineer or quant, but are you, is this, are you have, do you have, is this a quant job? Right. And, and you're hitting on the, the hardest point for me, which is how do you review a lot of programs and do it well? And I found out, I thought like, oh, this won't be too bad. I'll send out some questionnaires. I'll talk to some universities. But it's a lot of work of getting into like, I had a list originally, a short one. And I was like, I'm going to expand this probably. I'm going to double this. But I'm going to at least set the, the targets low. And then once I started trying to email people, follow up with information, talk to students, alumni, all that. It takes yeah. a long time. Yeah, the work. And, and frankly, at the end of the day, and something that I've, I've learned is that, yeah, the curriculum is one thing, but they kind of tend to be all the same. Mm -hmm. I think that what you mentioned about, well, what do these people actually end up working? Yeah. And also, what else are you offering in terms of project work, in terms of internship, you know, in terms of student development? Because I tell you, a lot of students, they're coming in, they say, okay, where, where, where is the classroom? Let me start cracking the books and make, get my GPA up there. Yeah. And I tell them, listen, no, 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 no. I mean, this is okay. But that's half of the battle. The other battle, especially now after our discussion, is you need to intern. You need to um, you need to do networking. Find out where these people are doing. What is the who's in charge, and what are they going to do, and what are you going to do? Because yes, you're going to get a job, but is that the job that you want? Then you you're going to feel bad. You'll be surprised, and that happens. So it's the curriculum. It's the it's it's the networking availability. It's probably the location of the place. It's the projects you get involved. It's it's, it's there's a bunch of other things. Yep. But to 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 rank something like that, and and from a program perspective, I I understand the student view of like why don't they just provide you know all these great resources, and then when you get out, you start realizing like it's hard to find people who can help with that, and then also the amount of time it would take, like even like we were talking about on on the past, you know, putting like the the curricula or the syllabus for each class up, it seems like a simple task, but then if you have how many classes how many professors you got to follow up with. Then you got to make sure you have the most up-to-date one. Then you got to post it online. Like I don't, it's, I get it now from a, <laughs> after a student position, I get all the work that goes into these programs behind the scenes. Oh and yeah, it, no, no, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's not just, it's not just teaching. Um, and, yeah. and, and, then, and then of course you got to get the right student for it, which is not always, the student that gets the great grades is not always a student that works best with others. Mm -hmm. And that could network appropriately and find the right opportunity. Um, so it's it's not a mass market. It's a very very niche. If you do want to do it well, uh, it's it's interesting as well. But it's a very niche market, and you have to really take your time. So uh, great! And oh my God, we're going to starting another topic here. Uh, let's 
let's go back to Dimitri. Uh, anyway, so hopefully, you know, everything turns out all right for you, ultimately. I mean, it's stuff to take some time off anyway. To, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and I, you should do speaking engagement. I'm telling you, I mean, you could definitely get speaking engagement for lots of universities and, 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 um, and uh, that they, they want to hear things, uh, you know, what you have to say, I think. If they know, again, if they know what the topic is. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Great. Well, thanks again for your time. So it was a, it was a pleasure here. And uh, let's see what happens next. All right. Thank you for having me. <laughs> okay, thanks.